Hello, everyone. Season two of Reliving the Lights, Friday Night Lights Rewatch Podcast. It's here. We, we're, we're this, here. this is it, man. I don't know if I've been dreading this or <laughs> if I'm pumped for this, but it's here. Uh, we're going to take it on. It's I call it a necessary evil. Season two is a necessary <laughs> evil. It is. We just gotta. We just gotta get through it, and we'll hopefully have some fun along the way. So I think we will have a lot of fun with it. I've already <laughs> like, I've got a lot of notes already just oh, to yes. the first episode that are like, we gotta <laughs> talk about this. <laughs> so yeah, some issues that we have. Yeah, for sure. Well, I am Josh Kuipers. I am one of your hosts. This is my good friend Anthony Hookman. And uh, we we're we're gonna we're gonna be your guide here through season two. If this is your first time, you're gonna need somebody to go with you through it. You know, you're gonna need yeah. somebody to hold your hand, and that's okay. You know, there's no shame in that. But a benefit that you and I did not have. <laughs> Why well, we had each other? Yeah, <laughs> we've always had that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I am recording this week uh, on location at my mom's house. <laughs> In uh, Platt, South Dakota, if you're a faithful listener, you've you've heard plenty about Platt already. Uh, so my my recording setup is less than optimal, uh, but you know what? I thought it was just time we we needed to push through it anyway, and we needed to uh, to make it happen. So uh, we'll 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 make it sound the best we can, but it's time, man. We we yeah. gotta we gotta. We got to address some things with season two. So uh, glad to make it work. Uh, what are you What are you drinking there tonight? Uh, just the classic Greenbelt Premium. I got my uh, Governor Janko koozies oh, still. Yes. So yeah, just uh, just the Primo. Nice. Um, so just like my recording setup, my beverage setup is also less than optimal. <laughs> I was uh, had to go with whatever was in my mom's fridge. So. Got myself a, a Mike's Hard Cranberry Passion Fruit Lemonade. Uh, that's what I'll be sipping on. <laughs> Which, you know, to go with to go with season two, episode one, I feel like it's almost an appropriate beverage. Like it's just a trash beverage for a trash season. But <laughs> um, I do have to point out because my phone has reminded me a number of times uh, because I had this saved in my. Uh, wallet on my phone that we were supposed to be hanging out in person today uh, at Matchbox 20. No way. Yeah. Bummer. Dang. Yeah. So we should be seeing uh, this is something that hasn't been discussed on the podcast with Josh and I. Oh, yeah. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. We have discussed our love for Matchbox 20 and their first album. So we were supposed to finally see them in concert on this uh, this day. But unfortunately, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but there's this pandemic going. Yeah. Yeah. Not allowing that to, to happen. So, yeah, I did hear something about that. That's pretty unfortunate. Uh, So now, yeah, Rage Against the Machine and Matchbox 20. I don't, I assume Matchbox 20. Oh yeah. That's postponed to like 2021 or whatever. Yeah. So let's get our stuff together, uh, (laughs) America, so that Anthony and I can see Rage and Matchbox. That's, that's what really matters. So, yeah. All right. Here we go. Season two, episode one. Honestly, can't even tell you the name of the episode off the top of my head. The Last Days of Summer. Beautiful. Uh, I hear 
that movie dude one took an episode off, but what do we got going here? Yes, we don't have a movie dude one description. However, we do have three different descriptions, <laughs> two of which were written by the same guy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Had to outdo so, himself. Do you think movie dude one like was just so frustrated by this episode? Maybe he took the whole season off. (laughs) Or maybe he's a, just a season one purist. (laughs) We don't hear from him for the rest of the show. That would (laughs) be a real bummer. You know, I I would get it. If you, if you've attempted to watch Friday night lights and you gave up on season two, first, I'd urge you to try again. Second, uh, I would say, I understand. I get it. But <laughs> get in there and give another shot. All right, let's hear our push push through. It's like 15 episodes. Yeah. Um and then it gets so much better on the other side of it. I promise. You know, honestly the writer strike might have been like uh the hand of God saying like this, you know what? This Friday night light situation, I got to do something. Yeah. Uh yeah. I, I think it was, yeah, a blessing in disguise. <laughs> All right. I've been pretty hard on it. It's not that bad, but it's still pretty bad. All right. What do we got? All right. So the first description written by Ron Kerrigan. Oh, Ron Kerrigan. Oh, is, and he lists his email address if you have any issues. Yeah. Yeah. We can, <laughs> we can reach out to him. I'll let you guys look that up. But <laughs> as a new school season gears up, the Dillon Panthers find themselves without coach Taylor, who is also missed by expectant mom, Tammy and adrift daughter, Julie. Mm. Pretty vague. Daughter. It, it's pretty vague. I do like that phrase though. Adrift daughter, Julie, a little more poetic than, than your typical movie dude. One. That's attempt. true. That's true. Right. So that's uh, still questionable. Uh, punctuation. Yeah. I think that's what screwed me up on the first attempt to read was that I was, it wasn't working for me because it wasn't properly uh, punctuated. Yeah. But no, there uh, there. The, it's a one sentence, one sentence synopsis. Yes. Too, so. And only one comma. Uh, <laughs> and it is where it needed to be, but there needed to be at least one more. more. Yeah. I needed some comma friends. All right. What do we got? Uh, what else we got? Second uh, description is by anonymous. Okay. Heading into the second season of the series, an entire eight months has passed since the previous football season ended. Summer is coming to a close, and a new football season has begun. While the characters seem to have stayed the same, feelings and relationships have changed. There's a new football coach for the Panthers, and as always, new issues to be dealt with. It's a little little meta. It's a little too... uh, you know what I mean? Like it mentioned yeah. second of the series and always yeah. used to be dealt with. Yeah. So yeah. I don't like that, but not bad as far as description wise goes, not bad. All right. And then our third description is written by Ron Kerrigan. Uh, hey. Some of you may remember Ron Kerrigan from the first description <laughs> of this episode. So uh, let's see what else Ron has to say. He's back. Past relationships take on different characteristics as Eric and Tammy welcome a new baby. But Eric still returns to Austin anyway. <laughs> Julie and Matt drift apart as Julie fears becoming her mother, married to a football star living in a small town. Lila becomes born again and dismisses Riggins' attempts to socialize. Yeah. Landry and Tyra become closer and deal with her assailant from the previous year. Jason <laughs> questions whether he can support the new coach's brutal methods. That's the one right there. That's the one. I like that. I'm glad that he took another go at that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he did. He did great on there. 
lines I appreciated. Lila becomes born again and dismisses Regan's attempts to <laughs> socialize. <laughs> Very good. And uh, Landry and Tyra become closer and deal with Harrison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did they ever? <laughs> yes, they certainly do. Oh. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's dive right in. Yeah. All right. Uh, we start off this episode at the pool. Classic summer music cue right off the bat. Right off the bat, some T Rex. Yeah, get it on, bang a gong, friends. Uh, that song has basically been stuck in my head since I was about fourteen. It never really leaves that song i don't know why <laughs> i feel like yeah i don't know but um so now it is in full force back in my head but they're at the pool uh, there are a bunch of 16 17 18 year olds just hanging out at the pool seems a little old they seem a little yeah. old for that but yeah I, well and maybe it was just uh because like Almost all the characters in the show are there. I wonder if maybe there was a specific like football team yeah. party or something. Who knows? Yeah, that that still seems a little bit old. Uh, <laughs> well, do that, but. I think I think literally as we re- are recording this, there's a Northwestern College pool party at the water park in Sioux Center going on right, right now. So mm. those are those are college kids. But right, <clears throat> every everybody likes the pool every now and again. But everyone's there. Julie is a lifeguard. She's got the hots for a greasy looking Swede. That's yeah, the Swede. Um, I have a lot of questions about the Swede that we'll get into um, <laughs> before the end of this episode, but we won't dive in yet here because as of this point, we only know that his name is the Swede and that he, uh, yeah, is pretty greasy looking. Yeah, you pretty much nailed it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Matt, we get right off the bat, Landry and Matt discussing Julie's friendship with the Swede. Uh Um, Matt is concerned that Julie has maybe taken a romantic interest in him because Mm -hmm. they are, I guess, friendly at work. And so Landry, ever the wise sage, (laughs) gives Matt Saracen this advice. We get this little exchange. Landry asks him, you gotta or tells him, you gotta ask yourself, WWRD, what would Reagan's do? And he would go over there, punch him in the face, and push him into the pool. To which Matt replies, Reagan's wouldn't be in this situation because he's captain of the SS Tatas over there. <laughs> and then we see Reagan's floating in the pool with uh, a woman on each arm. <laughs> just uh macking it up living his best life um and i don't know if these are the same two ladies that he references later in the episode when he talks to to lila but the stratton sisters or yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know but uh this is yeah we 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 find out a little bit later that this is basically how tim has spent his entire summer just carousing shall we say i i liked i liked matt's line uh, talking about Julie's uh, apparent affinity for the Swede. She's my girlfriend. She shouldn't stare off at Swedish people like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure this is one of the things you want to cover, but why is yes. everyone obsessed with the fact that he's Swedish? I Yeah, I like in, like I said, I don't want to get into it just yet. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but I have a lot of questions about 
his Swedish nationality. <laughs> um, Agreed. Yeah, we'll 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 get there. Okay. All right. Sounds um, good. I also do want to note that in this scene, Landry is wearing a new version of the Crucifictoria shirt. It's like a heather gray oh. instead of the usual, like, piss yellow. <laughs> I did not notice that. Yeah. So it it's the same, same design. Same design. It's just yeah. on a, like, a heather gray. Nice. So I, I did kind of wonder how many of those that he has. <laughs> like, how many has he made up? He's got a different color for every day of the week, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Landry, in his Crucifictorious shirt, sees Tyra suggestively eating a bomb pop, uh, which was... <laughs> yeah, he's mesmerized. Yeah. And we also find out that he's going to try out for the football team. Yes. Um, so Landry's got Landry's got a lot going on, and he's got a lot more coming up his alley. But just before... Tyra shows up. I did have one thing written. There's a another another great exchange while Matt and Landry are talking about the Swede and Julie and whatever may be going on there. Uh, as Smash chimes in, <laughs> and he says, "Hey Matt, hey Matt," and then he talks to the people around him, and he says, "That's the guy that's going to give me the ball." <laughs> Uh, all you gotta do is hang on to my coattails. This is what he says to Smash has not changed in the intervening eight months. No, Matt still Matt still puts up with it. <laughs> He's just kind of enamored by Smash a little bit yes. all the time. Uh, Tammy shows up to the pool, and she's quite pregnant at this point, and. Julie is kind of being a little punk about Tammy coming to the pool. Not happy that her mom is showing up. Uh, to be fair, though, Tammy is talking a lot about the Swede and whatnot, like out loud yeah. in front of everyone. So. Yeah, and Julie's kind of mortified by the entire situation. Like, not only that her mom has shown up, but that she's, yeah, like you said, speaking loudly <laughs> about her private affairs. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of get it for sure. So Tammy is swimming in the pool, kind of getting a little bit of relief just from, you know, being super pregnant. And as she is kind of going back and forth with Julie, her water breaks. So they head to the hospital. Kosher. Three months early, mind three you. Weeks. Three oh, weeks. Oh, was it three weeks? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, that would like, be a problem. <laughs> I was like, man, that's <laughs> real yeah. bad. So I'm glad that you caught yep. that because i think i heard three and must have just taken it at the absolute worst way it could go so. <laughs> as uh what was our synopsis as ron kerrigan mentioned oh no, no 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 actually this was anonymous an entire eight months has passed since the previous football season ended, oh yes done. heading into the second season of the series so uh good catch i yep. didn't even think about that so she heads to the hospital Coach rushes back from Austin, gets on a plane, and Tammy births a gooey alien uh, <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Oh, I, I do want to talk about this for a second. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So we know that Dylan and Austin are roughly three hours from each other. Yeah. Why is Coach taking a plane? Yeah, all the That's time. 100% going to be take more time. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, that was that's like even closer than for our reference point, Sioux Falls to Minneapolis, and that yeah. that's hardly worth 
a flight. Like, yeah. So, well, it's definitely not if you're just going to Minneapolis. So, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Maybe in, no, not even in this case. I was going to say maybe in this case because he's trying to hurry, but you're right. Like, it's no, it would be faster to drive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he does make it in time for the delivery. So what do I know? (laughs) (laughs) It worked out. Yep. So they have the baby. The baby's real goofy looking. We don't know that quite yet, but later in this episode, it's weird looking baby. I don't know why they didn't get a cuter baby. Yeah. I, why did they not? Well, and see, logically I was thinking like, okay, it was born three months early. Maybe that's why it's such a weird looking baby. But now that I know it's only three weeks, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why they uh baby Gracie, if you're listening to this, we'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I hope you look more baby. normal now. <laughs> I hope so too, because otherwise you did not make it in show business. Uh, it's around this time that we first meet the Panthers new football coach, Bill McGregor. Yeah. Also known as the Tennessee Tyrant. Yeah. Pretty intense dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't really, I, I think we just hear about him on the radio, right? At, uh, yeah. Official, Cause I don't think, I don't, I don't have anything else written down. Aside from we get, we get little glimpses of him at practice and we can definitely tell that he's a hard ass, but, but nothing specific. We'll see, we'll see more of that as, as the time comes along. But uh, Julie back at the house, is very quick to point out how weird baby Gracie looks. <laughs> she does. Like, She's right not even, off the bat. Yeah. It's like they, they had to write it into the script because they're like, listen, <laughs> everybody's going to be looking at this baby and like, oh, what is this baby's deal? We got yeah, to acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she does. She brings it up. Why is her, why is her head so pointy? Um, <laughs> fair question. Why, her, why are her eyes so bulging? <laughs> why is her nose so weird? I don't know. Man, I'm really going in on this baby. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So coach starts to ask her some questions about, because he's been gone, you know, basically for the last eight months. Yeah. So who's the Swede? What about Sarah? What about the Saracen? (laughs) So she starts, yeah, he starts asking her questions and she's not too impressed by that. Yeah. Julie has uh, apparently told Mrs. Coach about the Swede, which seems uncharacteristic mm-hmm. of Julie. But yeah, Coach is definitely seems to be confused uh, about Julie's intention uh, with the Swede. But. Yeah, rightfully so, because I don't think we've mentioned that Julie and Matt are still together. Yes. Pretty but, tenuously, it seems. Yeah. Like they're yeah. not even hardly talking. Um, it's like awkward when they do come face. Yeah. So it's still official, but not good, but yeah, it's not, things aren't looking good. Landry and Tyra are hanging out and Tyra asked Landry to apply some sunscreen to her back. (laughs) Uh, Landry, it's all he can do to keep it together. I think. (laughs) Yeah. He, he goes into full on goofus malufus mode (laughs) for sure. Yeah, so he he gets he gets that job done and makes it clear that it's pretty important to keep applying multiple times throughout the day. So <laughs> he's glad to help yeah. her out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Swede invites Julie to his band's show, and this show starts at eleven, just like the Crucifictorious show starts at eleven, 
where in Dylan are all these bands playing shows that start at 11? Like, is that a, yeah. I guess I'm not like, well, the bar band scene was never really my, my scene, but it doesn't seem like shows start at 11. Yeah. I mean, the Swedes band is playing at a bar, so it makes more sense for them to be playing at 11. But Landry's was at like, I'm not even sure what kind of venue that was. It, it, it kind of seemed like a bar too. It was the Broken Spoke was the name of it. I know oh, that. Right, yeah. But, but yeah, it's an 11 o'clock show, which is going to be problematic for Julie and her curfew. But she says that she'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we cut to, we've got Lila getting baptized. <laughs> In a white uh, robe. Yes. Oh yeah, it's a full on like... As cliched as mm-hmm. as it gets, baptism. Yep. So we see that, and then you know, it cuts to her, and she's passing out uh, some some Jesus flyers mm-hmm. on some windshields in the parking lot of what appears to be like a strip mall. Yeah. That mm. includes the liquor store. <laughs> oh, is that where uh, Tim was coming from? I didn't catch that. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he walks out of the liquor store with. Um, with a case of beer and a bottle, <laughs> I, I noted. <laughs> nice. All that, yeah. Yeah, so Tim walks out of the liquor store with uh, a case of beer and a bottle. And <laughs> as he's walking out, he sees a couple of ladies walking in and asks them, you want to make some memories tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's in full on uh, borderline smash mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with his confidence. Yeah. Uh, he then, yeah, sees uh, Lila and uh, confronts her, requests a flyer because she intentionally skips, she recognizes his vehicle and skips over it. <laughs> we get a great exchange here that I, I wrote down. Yeah, yeah, for Tim sure. says to her, Tim says to Lila, you look good, like real good. <laughs> <laughs> Lila says, thanks, it's probably because I got baptized yesterday. What did you do recently? Tim says, I had a three-way with the Stratton sisters. <laughs> Swigging, taking swigs of beer throughout yeah, that whole conversation. He's already cracked rocking, one of those beers. Rocking an open container right in the parking lot. Yep. So we're adding to the big rig beer tally right off yes. the bat. He's back, baby. Strong start for season two. <laughs> he ends that conversation with, just want you to know you're still number one, still the best I ever had. <laughs> Enjoy Jesus. Enjoy your depraved hedonism. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, great exchange. Lila is, she is going full good girl. Tim is going full. They're, they're kind of taking their issues in complete opposite directions, yes. opposite responses. So, should be interesting. Yes. Matt and Grandma are grocery shopping. We find out Matt's no longer team captain, sounds like, uh, yeah, under yeah. the Tennessee tyrant, Coach McGregor. Yeah, Grandma seems pretty disappointed by this, but um, her mood turns quickly around. Oh, her favorite person <laughs> in the world. They run into Coach Taylor, and Grandma acts like she's seeing like Ryan Gosling in public or something like she is just beside herself. I'm surprised she didn't offer to make him a sandwich right there. Get him a piece of cake. Like she usually does. (laughs) Yeah. But very excited. 
Um, Coach and Matt have a little conversation. And basically, Coach urges Matt not to just stand by and watch it happen as Julie kind of drifts away and goes to the Swede. So kind of gives him a little under-the-radar pep talk, like, yeah. hey, man, come on. Yeah, you never want this to happen. Never, uh, never directly addresses the Swede, but kind of just asks how he and Julie are doing and then you know gives a very vague but knowing mm-hmm. advice. Coach in the grocery store gets a call from Carl, <laughs> and uh, we get the impression that he is needed back at his job. Um, yes. So, yes, that's it for the grocery store. Tyra, we see, has a stalker. She's she's in a parking lot somewhere, right? I think she's like leaving that. the pool. Oh, okay, yep. Yep, and he is in a car, and he, like, tries to run her down or something. Yeah. Scare, or I don't know exactly what his intentions were, but definitely freaked her out. Uh, yeah, understandably. Um so that, yeah, we see that Tyra's still dealing with this guy. And I got to wonder what's happened in the last eight months, like how much more of this has gone on or if if she, yeah, has been dealing with this for several months or if this is just starting yeah. to pick up again. Yeah, because Landry, Landry seemed to not know really about it. She she thought she knew who it was, um, but that was the first Matt had heard of it. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Um but coach makes coach makes Julie sit down and talk about the Matt and the Swede situation. The only thing I have in my notes for that is it doesn't go well. Yeah. Um, I, I got a kick out of that coach refers to the Swede as this Swedish guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wrote that down. Yeah. Yeah. Julie gets home late. Coach kind of catches her getting home late. Asks about Matt. Asks about the Swedish guy. Uh, Julie gets pretty defensive and and walks away. So yeah, Coach and his uh, relationship with his daughter seems to be deteriorating pretty quickly. So where are you landing here? And we'll probably get into this more with the hate meter. But like, I don't know who's justified here. I think you know, Coach. Do- <laughs> no question. It's coach. The answer's coach. All right. Good. Yeah. I didn't know if, you know, co- the whole coach being absent for months at a time thing was, uh, but. And well, and to be fair, we don't see all the off stream like phone calls and stuff that have happened in the, the last eight months. Mm-hmm. But I got to imagine with coach Taylor, he's probably, he's making those calls. He's putting in that time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're, we're starting to see Julie's true colors here, folks. It's all going to make sense now. Yeah. <laughs> Our entire 22 episodes of absolute <laughs> crapping on Julie Taylor, up until this point, haven't made sense, but it's, it's about to. It will, yes. Uh, practice. Coach McGregor, I want to comment on his shorts. Those are Alan Weir shorts, my man. <laughs> I didn't even know. I don't know how I didn't notice. But yeah, I didn't, uh, they're they're a little longer than Platt, legend assistant coach in every sport. Uh, Alan Weir, uh, they're a little longer than his, but they're like you know the coach polyester uh, kind of stretchy shorts that are just absolute classics. Mm-hmm. So 
this guy, this guy's a real kind of traditional coach type guy. And he is taking charge of the Dillon Panthers to the point where he is finally addressing an issue that we have had problems with. <laughs> yes. For an entire season. The fact that Buddy is constantly at practice on the field. Practice. Uh, Coach McGregor, he doesn't, he, he agrees with us. He is not okay with that. So McGregor orders Buddy, well, tells Mac to go tell Buddy to get to leave. Um, he runs a close practice. And yep. obviously, Buddy is just irate about this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Buddy does not take it well. Um, we also get, we see the new coach, uh, you know, right off the bat. In addition to kicking Buddy out of practice, we see him criticizing Tim. I don't remember exactly what he says. It was pretty harsh. Like, you're it was a very harsh. You're pathetic. That kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 It was very, very low. Uh, Tim says, good luck finding another fullback, takes off his helmet and walks off the field. Mm-hmm. Which 100% would have been my move as well. I would not handle that well either. So good for you, Tim. Tires stalkers back. Tires driving down the road. Stalker pulls up right behind her, following her. The only way she gets away is she pulls into the Dillon Police Department parking lot. Yeah, narrowly, narrowly evades the guy. Cut to Landry. He's bragging to Matt about lotioning Tyra. Uh, as they, yeah, as they pull into a convenience store. Julie is there at the convenience store. Yeah, so Matt invites Julie to this big party at this point. And Julie is kind of a regular Josh Kuypers about it and seems pretty unlikely that she's actually going to show up when the time comes. Um, yeah. She says she's going to stay home yeah. right off the bat that night. It also happens to be the same night that the Swedes show is. Yes. And I feel like Matt's really trying here. Like, I don't know about trying, but is making it obvious. Like, I need you to do this, please. Yeah. Like, yeah, he is. You can tell, you can see the concern being laid down by Matt. So she does eventually agree to go to the party. Not very convincingly though. No, no. We cut to the former Garrity house (laughs) where Lila is uh, having dinner with her mom and new boyfriend and siblings. And she gets pretty indignant about making sure that they pray before the meal. Yeah. <laughs> and she weaponizes that prayer. She yeah. is. Yeah. She takes it to her mom's new boyfriend and her mom uh, as in the form of prayer, which. Yeah. She throws some pretty mad shade <laughs> that's I in, put the Lila, in my notes i have lila throws prayer shade <laughs> yeah which is a very a very specific kind of shade um yes the the new boyfriend i can't remember the exact like meal that he prepared for them but they're really driving home that he's kind of a a hippie granola type guy yeah yes which buddy is furious about uh <laughs> 
which we'll get get to eventually. Yeah. Coach back at home tells Tammy that he needs to be back in Austin on Friday. She doesn't take it very well. Mm-mm. She's very hurt by that situation, understandably. And I just got to say some pretty masterful nonverbal acting by Connie Britton here because she's kind of rendered speechless, but it she's breaking your heart at the same yeah. time while it's happening. So completely without words, Connie Britton, way to go. Um, not, are, not only are you a just beautiful woman, but you are a wonderful actor, and we 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 love Connie Britton on this podcast. Yes, yes we do. Uh, it's a absolute travesty that she was only nominated for one Emmy for the show throughout really? the entire course of the show. Yeah, for like as a her and um, Coach Taylor were both nominated for season five as like a consolation uh, nomination, which is don't get me started. But <laughs> so that did not that conversation did not go well, Coach leaves he's gonna step out for a bit says he'll be back and tammy breaks down and for whatever reason i guess maybe because buddy came to him in his time of <laughs> need, uh coach goes to see buddy yeah uh, buddy is living his worst life 100 <laughs> uh he is sleeping at his car dealership trying to play off the fact that he's sleeping but it's pretty yeah. obvious that's what yeah, he's, he's we we cut to him and he's passed out on the couch in the office he's watching the dog dog whispers on tv <laughs> as coach walks in buddy you know like you said he kind of plays things down but uh he's not fooling anybody he hears his grievances to to ta- coach taylor uh about the new coach and like clockwork, Pam shows up, but he's ex-wife. Pammy. And uh, she's confronting Buddy about being at their at, at their son's Buddy Jr.'s soccer practice, um, which I think it was implied that he was like watching from a distance, right? Like yeah. on the practice. Yeah. So is there like a restraining order or something here? Why would Buddy have a restraining? Why would he not be allowed to go to his son? I don't know if there's a restraining order. I wonder if it's like a a shared custody situation where he, like that wasn't his time, but still that shouldn't be. I don't know how that works. (laughs) They're not divorced yet. So it's not like there's, I don't know how that works, but yeah. (laughs) Anyway, she's not happy that he was there. Yeah, she she tells she tells Buddy to leave her and the kids alone. Buddy starts going off about uh, her new hippie boyfriend, <laughs> and he's worried about him turning their kids into little communists. <laughs> <laughs> Tale is all this um, time. Uh, yes, worrying about the communists. Yep. Yeah, he actually finds out that that the the hippie boyfriend is outside in the truck in which I guess is buddy's truck. He's driving buddy's truck uh, with buddy's wife and buddy flips his lid and tries to get at the dude. Tries yeah. to, tries to beat him, but yeah, tries to fight him. And that's, that makes sense. I didn't catch that. It was buddy's truck. Cause I was like, 
how was he able to, cause he had, he unlocked the car with the remote mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out like, so you have some like, do car dealers have some sort of master remote for all cars? <laughs> yeah. Like I was, how do you have that to get in there? But that makes sense. Yep. Way. Yep. No. Yeah. He, he specifically said, and he's in my truck. So that didn't go for, go over well with buddy. I wanted to bring up this quote from buddy when he's talking to coach at the beginning of all this before Pam shows up. And he's complaining about McGregor kicking him out. He says, there's nothing I love more than the Dillon Panthers. I always have. And you know, you know that I'm trying to help. That's all I've ever cared about. So in one fell swoop, he says, there's nothing he loves more than the Dillon Panthers. This man who has just been kicked out of his own house and is trying to covertly watch his son's soccer practices. And that's all I've ever cared about. Uh, in the matter in a matter of two sentences, he puts Panthers above his family twice. So, yeah, buddy, we don't feel too sorry for you at this yeah. point. Yeah. So yeah, during the they they have a, a little scuffle, uh, but Coach breaks all that up. But then back at, uh, I don't think it's practice the next day. I think it's just a. Uh, a personal punishment time. Yeah, I didn't know if it was after practice or just something something special for Tim. But yeah, yeah either coach, way. or the new the new coach, Coach McGregor is. Uh, he's got Riggins running stairs, and he's really just running him thin. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of gets to a point where he physically can't do anymore. Coach says, "You still owe me." five more or something like that and mm-hmm. tim tries to he's got him in full pads also doing this mm-hmm. tim tries to to complete the task but ends up throwing up pretty quickly and coach mcgregor says all right yeah he lets him off at that point yeah. all the while tim's running these stairs he and coach mac are just like super casually chatting about what they're gonna have for dinner or whatever yeah, uh, yeah i don't know Kind of sleazy vibes to me. I didn't like it. We're not supposed not to. Not all right. Not all right. So Jason is kind of witnessing all of this happening with Riggins. Um, and so he goes and talks to Coach McGregor about it and, you know, starts off the whole thing with, I respect you. This is your team. You know, I'll do whatever. But, you know, I know Tim really well, both on and off the field. And I just kind of feel like you're going about it wrong with him. He's not going to respond to that. Um, you know, he's a good friend of mine. I really, I really think that you should handle this differently. And McGregor, pretty harsh statement here, but says, listen, Street, you can either go out there on Friday night and be the town mascot, or you can go out there and be a football coach. You can't be both. Players can't be your friends. So kind of lays it on the line there for Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of insults him. Um, yeah. It doesn't. Uh, yeah. We, we, the show is trying to make us hate the, the Tennessee tyrant and it's working. It's working fabulously. Yep. So um, we're at the Taylor household. Julie's leaving home and she is just being the worst to coach again. Yes. Um, and then we cut to the the big football party, and Matt is there looking very lonely in a very lame button-up shirt at this, like, 
Camping party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's looking looking pretty lonely. Julie's not showing up. And then we see uh, at Tyra's house, Tyra has called Landry to come check out some noises that she's been hearing. So Landry uh, says he's going to check the perimeter and goes <laughs> out with a baseball bat. And it turns out it's a skunk, which kind of tickles tickles Tyra a little bit. She thought that was pretty funny. Kind of, yeah. it was it was a little bit of a Tyra like aw shucks moment of you can tell she thinks this Landry guy is okay. It's kind of cute. So, oh, next we see Lois. We do yeah. see Lois. Lois shows up. She looks at least 30. Yes, I would put that down as well. <laughs> I mean, if if you just took a quick glance, she could pass for a teenager. But then you like, then you're excited that it's Lois. So you're really trying to like <laughs> check her, you know, see what she's all about. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're 32. <laughs> yeah. Lois does not look like a high school a student at all, which we don't know. I don't think it's ever, we know anything about Lois aside from that she's Julie's friend. So maybe yeah. she is, maybe she is just some 30 year old that Julie hangs out with for whatever reason. <laughs> oh man. I just had this, like this thought, what if it's a really twisted web and somehow coaches second family is with Lois and she's like <laughs> trying to be close to coach's yes. daughter. And so she is like undercover as a teenager. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yikes. <laughs> We need we need a, a second Friday Night Light series that is the alternate family version. Yes, <laughs> of the Taylors. <laughs> Go to see your family is with Lois. All right, that's the official <laughs> theory. All right, I like it. Working with. Yes, they Lois and Julie show up at the bar. Lois is not comfortable with being there. Julie basically is like, "All right." Like, see you later. <laughs> like, yeah, she's basically, like, you can leave. You can leave. I, uh, yeah, you, I'm here. I'm good. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, she, Lois takes off. I don't know if we ever see her again. Yeah, this might be her 15 seconds of Friday Night Lights screen time, but at least we have an, a, a face to the name now. So, yes, yes. And we now also know that she is. Uh, coach's secret uh, <laughs> secret playing yes uh the swedes band is playing the swede is very sweaty he is a he's a greasy guy just kind of gross <laughs> yes he is um on the subtitles i always watch the subtitles because i spent too much time at shows like that um and have lost too much of my hearing <laughs> for a 33 year old man but anyway I had the subtitles on and there's music notes around his lyrics to indicate he's singing, which I thought was pretty generous of the subtitle writers. Because uh, <laughs> it's kind of more of a growl, yeah, angsty, I don't know what was going on. But yeah, he's the lead singer. So Julie seems pretty smitten. Yes. Point. Like, yeah, she, she seems all in on the Swede. We get a cut back to the party. Matt is visibly upset. Uh, he's just kind of hanging out by himself. Uh, he gets a call from Landry, <laughs> who is in Tyra's bathroom, asking for some advice on how to make a move. 
<laughs> yeah, not relationship advice. He's not interested in relationship advice. He wants technique advice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Landry is trying to get his arm around Tyra. That was the whole point of the phone call. So he he hangs up and he goes out there and he he tries to put it in action. And basically, as soon as he touches her, she suggests that they go get food. And so, yeah, I'm not, I couldn't even really tell well, if it was intentional or not. No, 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 no. Cause he, he kind of does a little like, uh, like a forearm yeah, like, touch uh-huh. thing. Yeah. And she doesn't really react to it either, like one way or another. Yeah, right. And then he kind of takes it a little bit further. And she turns to him and says something like, hey. And then he's immediately like, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, that was stupid. <laughs> Um, but she's like, do you want to get some food? So t- I took it as she wasn't upset about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, because she doesn't even acknowledge his apology. Yeah. So that to me, I took it as okay. she either didn't notice it or wasn't upset about it. Yeah. Yep. But so Landry's moves have been thwarted and they're going to go get some, some snacks. Turns out back at the bar, we find out that the Swede has a girlfriend. Yes. And Julie feels very dumb. Yeah. She's I, yeah. I believe she's referred to as uh, your high school buddy is what the girlfriend refers to her as. Yeah. Which raises more questions about the Swede to me that we will dive into. I think we need to have a, <laughs> uh, just a postscript in the awards that is just what's up with the Swede because I've got a lot of questions, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. They have a little conversation. The Swede's girlfriend shows up. Julie looks pretty defeated yeah. by the the entire thing. Yep, she apparently calls her dad to come pick her up, and they kind of have a little bit of a blow up in the car. It's twelve thirty. She was supposed to be home at eleven, and Coach he's picking her up from a bar. From a bar. Yep. And so, understandably, he's not happy, but eventually they kind of have a meaningful conversation about the Swede. Julie kind of makes it about herself. Yes. Yep. And she she says that when she looks at her and Matt, she basically sees Tammy and Eric. She doesn't want to end up like them. Um, which, come on, for real? Like... <laughs> Yeah. They're the best I mean, couple of all time. I think, you know, at that age, though, like your parents are the lamest people yeah. ever. Um, and you don't want to be like them, even if they are the literal uh, best people yeah. uh, that you could be. So I, I kind of understand where she's coming yeah. from, even though she is objectively wrong. <laughs> yes. So. Tyra coach, Lynn. oh sorry, oh. I, I did want to mention that. Yep. Even though she makes it about herself, Coach is manipulated by her enough to <laughs> uh, give her a little pep talk, and I think he got gaslit a little bit by by Julie. <laughs> I had that he gave her some good fatherly advice. I didn't have anything about manipulation <laughs> or gaslighting, but well, I wasn't you're, you're about like a good point. You make. I didn't point. write it down. I just put Julie. Julie I wrote. Coach is upset about picking her from a bar. Julie makes it about her. Coach gives her a pep talk. But in retrospect, thinking about it, like, that's, yeah, that was the, 
the connecting thing. Yep, yep, for sure. So, all right, here we go. Tyra and Landry are at the grocery store. They're going to get snacks, but uh, Tyra's not going to go in because the Colette family, their bill is past due there. And so she can't, she can't go in and show her face. So Landry goes in, Tyra waits outside and Landry on the inside, he's just got kind of this look on his face. Like, oh yeah, it's happening. It's happening. He's feeling like, yeah. Um, So he's got that going on inside, but meanwhile, outside Tyra's stalker shows up and says some really stalkery type stuff yeah says like how did you enjoy the movie yeah uh it would have been funner if you, and i got I, he says something along those like it would have been funner if it was you and me except instead of that dweeb or whatever yeah. and i've got questions about this guy like he acts like the way that he talks like oh you didn't give me a chance like dude <laughs> you have tried to rape her <laughs> like yeah you wasn't like you were like going about it nicely, like and got <laughs> shot down. Like, what were you? What's your deal mentally? But yeah, this is this is a bad person. This yeah. is an objectively like icky person for sure. And I do think that there are those kind of people out there. There are, yeah. He's yeah. definitely like mentally unwell for sure. So yeah, he says some really creepy things. He starts getting physical with Tyra again. And at this point, Landry comes out, he kind of tries to to pull the guy off and kind of gets laid out a little bit. The guy gets the better of him. Guy starts walking away and says something super threatening to Tyra. I don't exactly remember, but basically like this isn't, this isn't over. Like (laughs) you better look out. And the, the, the entire, the entire series turns in this moment. Yes, Landry kills the guy. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> Landry murders this man with a lead pipe that he finds on the ground. This is like a really it, questionable convenience store. That yeah, because there was he like fell into a pile of garbage, basically. Like there <laughs> yeah. were garbage bags and stuff. And then in this pile of garbage, there was a lead pipe. And yeah, it. I mean, the place looked super sketch, so... Super sketchy. It, it looked like a place that would have a pile of garbage on the ground mm-hmm. outside of it. Um, but yeah, he picks up that pipe and he clocks the dude in the back of the head. And then he clocks him again, again. in the back yeah. of the head. Um, I just want to, going back to the place, it kind of reminds me of there's this now defunct convenience store uh, between Brookings and Volga, which is like three miles apart uh-huh. um so it's just this small stretch of highway and it's just outside of volga and it looks it basically just looks like a double wide that has some gas <laughs> outside <laughs> and apparently it was like for a while they're like the cheapest place you could get gas in the brookings volga area uh-huh. turns out they were dealing drugs out of there oh yeah <laughs> it is now uh now defunct and it reminds me of that place like if that, that's the closest thing to a that kind of convenience store that yeah. I've ever seen. Like, yeah. There are, so my wife is from Colts in South Dakota, tiniest town, tiny, tiny, tiny little town. And there are old gas stations there. And apparently like the, the town meth lab just kind of like rotates between the, <laughs> the, the different the gas, gas stations. stations. Yeah. 
um, from what I understand. And then one burned down like last year and it was like, oh, well, <laughs> I bet you I know what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, sketch. I honestly thought it looked like a West River type <laughs> place. <laughs> For sure. Uh, if you're from South Dakota, you know. But yeah, he's dead. And they get in the car to go to the hospital and tires driving, but she's not taking him to no hospital. Uh, She's taking him to a bridge (laughs) over a river. Yeah. Landry on the way tries to call his dad, who is a cop. (laughs) Tiring. This is all like all bad decisions. Like they have got a motive that is genuine and legit. Yeah. Yeah. I I wanted to ask, like, what do you, I mean, could they be charged with, something and i know we get in, we get into like the legal things later on in the in the season because i remember like part of the issue is that he was walking away so it's not technically self defense but come on like yeah. he's attacked her twice at three times if you yeah. go yeah, the and she she filed a report the first time yeah so like it's on record even yeah so. i think they would be squeaky clean yeah uh having done what they did, even though it, it's a technically illegal gray, gray area, I think they would have been fine. And his dad's a cop. And <laughs> as we know, you can, if you are in with a cop, you can get <laughs> yeah. things in. Yeah. You know? For real. So, yeah, this was, this was the absolute worst possible way to handle the situation, I feel like. But... Yes. It is what it is. They chucked the dude off the bridge. <laughs> yep. Throw the body in the river. I just have, they chucked the dude off the bridge. LOL. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what's happening. We, uh, we get, a uh, the music cue, a couple music cues in a row here. Yeah. There were, um, yeah. I, I had to Shazam. I didn't recognize either of them. Uh, Evergreen by the Brian Jonestown massacre and muzzle of bees by Wilco back to back okay yeah i i noticed them in that they were good songs but i yeah i did not know what they were either so yep those are good the coach the (laughs) the coach taylor's um the taylor family they're in the kitchen being a family basically and in my notes i have in all caps good lord the baby is an alien how did they not get a cuter baby (laughs) uh we get our first real look at Gracie here and it's yeah it's tough. Yeah, so Julie Julie is there in the kitchen as well. I wasn't I couldn't quite like Tammy kind of nods at like at Julie like kind of points coach in that direction. Do you know what that I couldn't really tell what that was about. Don't no. I don't remember. It's been 2 weeks since I've watched this episode so I <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, exactly what i only wrote down short scene with the taylor's a new baby so yeah okay sorry about that that's my bad (laughs) um but coach presents the state championship rings to the team yeah talk about the timeline here i've got some questions about that whole ceremony okay um buddy is showing off a ring and right away i was like why did buddy get a ring but maybe that's his own, like maybe he one stayed as a high schooler. I I took it as Buddy got a ring as well, but I don't know. <laughs> it could go either way. Yeah. yeah, I I didn't get a good look if they were like different, 
looking or, or what. Yeah, so yeah, I guess I'm let's just take kidding. it as let's take it as Buddy got a ring. Yep. Um, that's second. literally the only note I had for the ring ceremony was coach presents the state championship rings to the team. Buddy gets a ring. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, second question. Right away, I thought this was before a game. It is not. But they're in pads. They're in full pads for the freaking ring ceremony. Even and Landry is there, even though he wasn't on the team last year. It, this made no sense to me either. I was like, "What is happening? Why is this happening?" Uh, because it obviously, I knew that it wasn't Friday because Coach had to be back in Austin on Friday, which he we do see him later. Yep, after that, he's flying out and looking down on the field. Yeah. So I was like, well, this isn't the game, but why are they under the lights in their pads? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's – I've got a question – yeah, several questions about the – why they were in pads, why the ceremony was – like, they could have just had it before a game, but don't they typically do that before a game? I, like, that's like, what they do in, in, like, the NBA or whatever. Yeah. The next – yeah, like, the first that's, home game at the That's next what I was thinking because – I in NBA 2K20, I just won mm-hmm. the NBA Finals, and we got our rings at the at the first home game yep. of the next season. So, I don't know. Yep. yeah, we get a shot of Coach flying back to Austin. Uh, look, he looks down in the field. To me, I thought that he had just ducked out and got on a plane and was looking down at the championship ceremony still going on. Oh, but maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm mistaken on that. I have no idea. I yeah. Me, mm. Who knows? The timeline is screwy. We don't know what's going on, but he's on his way back to Austin. So, and that is, that's the last shot. So we made it through our first episode of season two. We got some characters discussed. We'll be right back. Okay. We are back. We're going to talk about some of our characters. Uh, we've had a whole eight months of unseen character development that have that has happened since uh, the previous episode, the last episode of season one. So we got some catching up to do. Uh, let's start with Matt and Julie because, boy, at the end of season one, you know, Julie was pretty broken up about the prospect of having to leave him behind and move to Austin. And she basically barely acknowledges his existence now eight months later. Yeah, yeah, we don't know what's really happened in the intervening months aside from the introduction of the Swede, but uh yeah, in that conversation with coach, she he says something like uh, something along the lines of like isn't it are things good with Matt? And she said, "Yeah, that's the problem. Like things are good." Which Come on, Julie. I I mean, I kind of, I understand. I get it. Like, I get it from like, I understand that mindset, but not coming from somebody who was raised by Eric and Tammy Taylor. Yeah. Like she shouldn't have low self-esteem like that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not feeling it for that reason, that's fine. But they seem to have the, a very weird limbo thing going on. So maybe just own up to that might yeah. be a better way to handle it but yeah but high school relationships you know weird um so that's what's going on with with Matt and Julie Julie and the Swede are a whole nother thing we're going to we're going to give the Swede his own section 
yeah, we'll come back to this. But I will say that, yeah, the Swede is like a – it's very different from, from Matt, but at the same time, like somewhat in the same vein, but still a very different person. Yeah. He probably listens to Bob Dylan. He might. He might. I don't know. I feel – well – I was going to say he probably listens to butt rock, but his band seemed to be like pretty inspired by like indie rock. So yeah. Yeah. As I was listening to them play, I was like, yeah, I could hear this band playing at like Austin city limits festival or, or something like that. So, um, yeah, he's just basically a greasier, more, uh, indie version of Matt Saracen. Uh, Tyra and Landry, they, they've been, they've been bonded now, you know, I, I think they were previously bonded by kind of that traumatic experience that Tyra endured, but now they're, (laughs) they're bonded by murder. Yeah. They they are involved in a, a murder and yeah, that's. You can't really get unbonded from that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did think though, like, uh, yeah, I could see it go either way where you avoid each other at all costs after that. And you don't want to have anything to do with each other, but that's, I be- don't believe that's what happens here. Maybe it's a little, yeah, above. No, I don't remember. So. For sure. so we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, but Landry is still head over heels. Like it doesn't matter if there's like, assaults going on or like murders happening Landry's still just over the moon for yeah almost to a point that I mean we kind of talked about this in a previous episode involving Landry and Tyra's attacker but I am unsure how I feel about Landry and his attitude toward Tyra because there are times in which it seems like he's kind of taking advantage of Tyra's vulnerability. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, like almost excited about the fact that she's going through extremely difficult situations. Yeah, because she's turning to him. It's it's very uh, yeah. yeah, opportunistic. It, it feels very gross at times. There might not be that much difference between Landry and the stalker guy, (laughs) uh, except that Landry, for the most part, keeps things legal, except for when he murders people. But (laughs) that's for the time that he murders. Yeah, we didn't get a ton of Tim and Lila, but (laughs) I'd say uh, what we did get shows us that we are. It's going to be an entertaining ride. (laughs) Yeah, between the two of them, like we mentioned before, Tim is going. Uh, full debauchery and hedonism uh, yeah. <laughs> direction, and Lila is going purity, and but not totally because she still kind of acts like a bee about it. Yeah, um, yeah, she is. Well, she's going full on American evangelicism. Yes, <laughs> and, absolutely. Uh, Tim is uh, packing up his bags and moving to Gamora. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Both of them going in bad directions, uh, but one of them has uh, a perceived moral high ground <laughs> over the other. Yeah. 
So that will stay interesting, I'm sure. Coach and Tammy, a little rough spot here. I mean, going through it. Born and Coach basically ditches out on Tammy the the week of the baby being born. I assume it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, like he definitely spent less than a week at home for sure. Which, yeah, definitely going to take Tammy's side in the situation. Uh, I understand that sometimes you got to do what you got to do for your job, but eh, that's that's a tough choice. That's a tough choice, coach. Yeah, yeah we we wish them we wish them the best. We wish them well. Um, anyone else that we want to we want to touch on here? Yes, but I'm going to leave it for our our lingering questions and stray observations section <laughs> right. whenever we have that. All right. Uh, we will get right back at it then in a moment with our awards for the week. Okay. Season two, episode one, our awards. Um, let's, let's get into it here. We're going to start with the coach Taylor inspirating. Got to tell you, coach, it's not good. It's not good. I will give him one point for the pep talk with Julie in the car. Mm -hmm. Whether it came from a genuine place or not that he had to give it, it was a very good and inspirational moment. But, yeah, I'm going to give him just a flat one uh, for that. So you're giving him him a point for that, but our – I mean, what aren't we giving him negative points? For oh yeah, I guess. Yeah, does that balance out? I, I also want to give him credit for the little encouragement he gave to Saracen in the grocery store. Maybe not. I wouldn't say inspiring, but it was it was still a good fatherly move, I guess, for Saracen. So he gets credit for that. But I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to give him a. I'm. I am going to stick with a one as my rating, and the, I'll tell you why because. On a scale from one to ten, he did have that one positive moment despite other negative moments. So, like, if you're going on a regular one to ten scale, like, I'm finding that little shed of positive okay. in a, a a sea of otherwise negative. Like, if we're talking about like a movie, if there was a movie that I really, really didn't like, but there's maybe like a good performance in it, I'd give a one out of ten. And that, that that's how I feel about Coach Taylor in this. Gotcha. Do I expect better of him? Absolutely. I expect so much more of him. But if we're isolating this episode, um, I'm not going to dip into the negatives personally because I think I, I maybe phrase it wrong. The I'll give him a point for this despite all the negatives. But on yep. a scale from one to 10, he doesn't fall into negatives. He wasn't absolutely terrible. He had redeeming qualities. So I think that puts him alone in the positive. I'm good with that. And we also, yeah, the, the Julie Taylor hate-o-meter we do, I feel like that's a much more, it makes more sense for that one to go negative and positive to have yes. a wider range. Whereas coach, yeah, coach is always coach. Um, so a, a more traditional one to 10 scale makes more sense. So I'm I'm good with one. Uh, not impressed at all. <laughs> but we have our movie dude one rating, and so that's non-existent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, I mean, you're gonna get a zero for that. That's a incomplete in our book. We hope you come back. Yeah, I 
I'm optimistic he'll be back, but we'll see. If not, maybe, oh, what's his name? Uh, Ron Kerrigan. Maybe Ron Kerrigan's the new movie dude one. Uh, looking, just jumping ahead to episode two, he did it again. Two different descriptions. But uh, spoiler alert, on episode three, he comes, movie dude on his back. So. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, if Ron stays a regular contributor, his email is right there. And I really <laughs> think we need to consider reaching Reach out. Reach out. Yeah. See if Listen, we trashed on. you on our podcast. We want, to, <laughs> we want you to join for an episode. Uh, no, I, I thought he had a he had a very nice that that second attempt at yeah, the second attempt was, good. Was, yeah. was nice. Um the little wordplay, you know, <laughs> with dealing with the assailant. Uh <laughs> Lila becomes born again and dismisses dismisses Riggins attempts to socialize. Like <laughs> Ron knows what he's doing. He's he did that on purpose. So but movie dude one, you get a zero for the week. Yes. Julie Taylor hate meter It is. It's time. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's getting there. Uh, I got to give her a four. Because uh, I know things are going to get so much worse. But right now we're starting to see glimpses of it. So I think I think a four is is where I'm sitting here. Yep. Um, I was thinking three. So let's go. Uh, you good with a strong three? Yep. I like it. Okay. Beer tally. We got one. The big rig beer tally. I got two written oh, really? down. Um, I didn't write down where the second one came from, but I think it was at the party. Oh, sure. Yep. Good. Well, good catch there. So he was swigging the beer while he was interacting with Lila about her newfound uh, personal faith. That brings our total beers up to 45. You got to imagine how many got consumed in that, those eight months, though. Ah, uh, yeah. On that's... on this road that we that has happened to Tim in the last eight months. Honestly, yeah. If we've we've had forty five total over the season, but I bet that's two days worth of the summer yeah. that that we saw. So, uh, Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. Uh, I mean, trying to start a fight with her his his ex-wife's boyfriend i think is a good good yeah. one uh he also had that little interaction that i that i read with coach where he talks about how there's nothing he loves more than the dylan papers yeah. and that's all he's ever cared about um so kind of that whole scene right there because that leads into the the attempted fight with the hippie guy so um yeah buddy Doing his buddy thing as usual. We had a few different music cues. What what would yeah, what let's review what they were. Yeah, so we had T-Rex bang a gong. We had uh Brian Jonestown Massacre with Evergreen and Wilco's muzzle of bees. Nice. Um if we had to pick one, I think Bang a Gong is yep. the um the one that stands out for sure. Yep, that was really good. It it fit the scene well. Uh, our, what do we got left? Got our quote of the week. Um, do we have a goofus malufus? Not really. I don't think so. We do have a pop culture reference. Oh, there it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, our pop culture, outdated pop culture reference of the week. You had mentioned you had something noted that I didn't pick up on. Yes. So when uh, Grandma and Matt Harrison run into Coach Taylor in the grocery store. Yeah. Coach tells Matt, don't just stand by and watch it happen. Know what I'm saying? And Matt kind of does a, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. And they shake hands. And on Matt Saracen's wrist is a live strong bracelet. Oh, yeah. Lance Armstrong, baby. Testicular cancer. We, uh, yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. 2006, 2007. I feel like that was even a, a little outdated at that point, wasn't it? I feel like when I, those were a thing when I was in high school. Were they? Oh, I don't, I don't know how long they lasted. Um, fun fact that I don't know that I've ever told you, but we've talked about my time in Okaboji, the <laughs> restaurant that I worked at. So Ragbri, you know about Ragbri. Yep. Yep. For those of you that are out there that don't know about Ragbri, Ragbri is a like bicycle, like a group bicycle ride. I don't think it's a race. No, it's not a it's race. It's just like a, um, a group bicycle ride that goes across the state of Iowa and there's a different route every year. So the year that I lived in Okaboji, Iowa, Ragbri went through Okaboji and Lance Armstrong ate at the restaurant that I worked at. Hot dang. <laughs> Were you there? Yeah. I was there. I did not serve him. Um, I almost just disparaged the person who served him. Um, <laughs> he wasn't a bad server, but it was definitely like a really... Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, Lance Armstrong ate at my restaurant, and yeah, it was a very uh, weird uh, aura, <laughs> weird energy because that was in 2014, so like the scandals and yeah, and things were well known, so it was a weird energy in my restaurant. But, <laughs> but Lance Armstrong, I feel like his image has mostly recovered, mm-hmm. I don't know why it's recovered. Same, <laughs> but I feel like there's not like the yes. the public negative feelings against right. Lance Armstrong anymore. So yeah, so it's yeah, strange. I've been relatively close to Lance Armstrong. I did not like <laughs> get a picture with him or anything, but yeah, nice. That's uh, live strong, brother. <laughs> okay, as I've listened to the older episodes as they've come out, I was reminded um, of an award that we. Started and then promptly like forgot to keep doing yeah, MVP of the week. MVP, right? Yeah, MVP of the week. I, I think we should bring that back because I think that's a I think we a should get award. Um, yeah. You're the one with the uh, the spreadsheets and all that. So yeah, you I've do 100 of the heavy lifting as much as I. <laughs> I just sit and drink and talk. So <laughs> watch TV, drink, talk. It's good. Um, yeah. So MVP of the episode. Uh, we could go a few different directions with this. Yeah. For sure. My mind immediately says Tammy. Because she had a baby. Well, she had the baby. She's going through a lot. Um, that scene that you said that she. Yeah. You know, uh, just pure acting wise. Yeah. Yeah. Very strong. I mean. Tim's got some great quotes though, but he's, he doesn't show up long <laughs> enough. I don't think. To, no, he can't. He can't win it in that short amount of time. I mean. Landry with the ultra ultimate power move of killing a guy. 
Um, yeah, I, I would think say that's a winning move, but it's definitely a power move. I would say without the murder, I would say Landry would have a strong contention for MVP of the episode. Yeah, with but I think the murder really <laughs> it ruined really, it for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's Tammy. I mean, just the the triumph of woman in general with, you know, birthing a, a life into the world, uh the the acting wise and hanging in there strong in the midst of some tough times. Tammy Taylor, you are this week's Reliving the Lights MVP. All right? Um, um, we should do a bit where uh, we bring back the MVP, but just every week it's Tammy, even if she does nothing and see <laughs> Like debate it, keep debating yeah. it yeah. every week. Like, well, but uh, yeah, you could go this way or this way, but uh, I think it's Tammy. I think Tammy's the right choice for this week. I do like that. All right. Uh, quote of the week. What what nominations do you have? I've got two, and both of them are conversations, so they're both back and forths. Yep. I'll I guess I'll just cut down just to the quote that makes it. Mm-hmm. Um, first one from Matt Saracen saying, "Riggins wouldn't be in this situation because he's captain of the SS Tatas <laughs> over there." WWRD. <laughs> And uh, Tim Riggins with, I had a three-way with the Stratton sisters. (laughs) Yeah, I really did not have anything outside of those. And my vote definitely goes to Tim Riggins and that back and forth with Lila. Yeah, I think the exchange brings more out in it, which we covered earlier in the episode. And I got to agree. Yep. Okay. So we have our Coach Taylor inspirating, our Julie Taylor hate meter our Beer Tally, our Buddy Garrity Sleazeball Move of the Week, Music Cue, Quote, MVP of the Week, Pop Culture. That, I believe, leaves us with our overall rating for the episode. Um, before we do that, I want to do the, the stray observations and lingering questions. Yes, we have. Yeah, we got a little insert here. Because I've got, I've got some lingering questions and and an airing of grievances. <laughs> let's get, um, yeah, let's get. Let's. To it. I'll save the big ones for last. Okay. Here's my first two questions. Where is Bo and Bo's mom? Oh no. Where is Waverly? Waverly's gone. <laughs> she disappeared. I don't think she ever comes back, does she? I don't think any of those three characters are seen again. Hmm. Ah, man. I mean, Waverly probably reportedly is in Africa. (laughs) Back in Africa. Yeah, yeah. but who the heck knows where she actually is? Uh, I hope she got healthy and got back on her meds, you know, but. Um, And as far as Bo and his mom, you know, I think. Maybe they moved to a new town. It's been eight months. Like that one can be written away a little bit more easily, but like Waverly is a classmate. Like, yep. They were doing pretty okay at the end of season one, her and smash to just write her off as like, I imagine the actress had to have been like, Hey, what the hell? (laughs) Like not the best. Okay. As far as uh, writing goes, not the best character to bring out who smash is. Right. She keeps him too grounded 
and tethered and i think that might have some you gotta let the smash be smash you know yeah exactly i do love that smash mouth girl uh let's get into brass tacks here with the swede what's his deal he doesn't have an accent no accent why is his apparent swedishness such a big part of his personality It'd be like if I moved to Texas and everybody was like, oh, the Dutchman. <laughs> right. From what I can tell. Yeah. You know, like, why does everybody call him the Swede? And like right away, I was like, oh, maybe it's like a weird nickname. It's not attached to anything else. But then other characters refer to him as the Swedish guy or this Swedish guy or something. So like his ancestry because it's he's not from Sweden. Not, he has it, no accent. Nope. And he doesn't. He doesn't even look like your prototypical Swedish. No. He's like dark complected with with uh, brown hair, which is not what you picture. Like if there's a super super blonde, super white, super tall guy that had Swedish ancestry, I could maybe see like calling him the Swede just because he looked like a stereotypical Swedish person. I look more Swedish than the Swede. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand it either. And I don't remember it ever being explained. Like, no previous viewings. I don't remember it ever gets like talked about other than. I don't think it ever does. Incessantly calling him the Swede. Yeah. I don't get it. Second of all, what's his deal? He's a apparently over 21 dude who works right. at a public swimming pool, <laughs> um, but plays in a band who is also apparently messing around with high school girls or not above messing around with high school girls. This guy's like, what is this guy's deal? <laughs> Yeah, because it's not that it's not that Julie misread the signals like she is. She is like humiliated about she didn't read the signals wrong. This guy is definitely like interested in what Julie's got going on. But he is, let's say Julie is at most 16 by now. You know, and he is he is at least 21 and five years isn't that much. But when it's 21 and 16, that's something. Yeah. So that is a crime in some states. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's got a girlfriend, which Yeah. I have so many questions about this guy that will never be answered. Why like why did the writers of the show <laughs> decide like did they have somebody else cast and they like he looks Swedish? They were like, this will be a bit. Yeah, and then like I dropped out, and then they were like, "Oh, let's just keep the Swedish thing." Like the script's already written. We gotta still call him. Like you could have just called him like Corbin or something. Yeah, you <laughs> could have called him anything. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of Corbin, but he actually would have. That would have been a good name for him. Does he have a name in the? I think he does, but I don't think it's ever. Looking on the really like I know I'm pretty sure it's said, but <laughs> he's li- on IMDb. He's listed as the Swede. 
Oh, ooh, and Mac Matig is listed as the rapist. So hmm. in case you, yeah, that'd be a great thing to have on your IMDb. Okay. <laughs> you know exactly. Yeah. yeah. His real name is Alejandro Rose Garcia. <laughs> this guy is a classic f- Swedish name. <laughs> this guy is as far from Swedish as you can get in real life. And also probably the show. Why is this? Maybe it's like an ironic nickname. <laughs> yeah. But then why do people and maybe it's it's confusing confusing that that's why coach and Tammy like refer to him as the Swedish guy. What the heck? Hmm. He is Shaky Graves. Really? Yes. On his IMDb, there's a couple like Shaky Graves things listed, and so then I looked up Shaky Graves on Wikipedia. Shaky Graves, born Alejandro Rose Garcia. Wow. On June 4, 1987, American Americana musician from Austin, Texas. Well, there's a Friday Night Lights wiki, and it gives absolutely no information on the Swede. <laughs> it doesn't even give his real name. His other his other uh, major roles were in the Spy Kids franchise. I did notice that, yeah. <laughs> it will end uh, in one of the, the Sin City sequel in the Friday Night Lights subreddit. Uh, this person asks, why is Julie's crush in season two called the Swede? He isn't Swedish. Is that some kind of slang term or something? I remember it airing and none of my friends right, and I had any idea uh, why that would be a nickname. Is it maybe a regional thing? <laughs> first, first top comment says, I wouldn't think about it too much. Julie being Julie during the worst part of the show. Next person says, pretty sure it was said that he is Swedish. Oh, this person has probably the most logical uh, answer. I think it's a stereotype since both lifeguards are from overseas. <laughs> <laughs> really? I was not aware of that. Somebody else says they say it's because he's Swedish, as in not and as in he was born to Swedish parents, even if not necessarily born and raised in Sweden. I mean, they're not ethnically Swedish. They may have lived in Sweden. Right. At least his father like yeah oh apparently landry's garage has a shaky graves poster in it really uh i always say that they called him that he doesn't even look remotely swedish (laughs) yeah there's no logical explanation for why he's the swede and i'm upset about it (sighs) why would they cast a hispanic person as the swede all right, I, I I think we should continue to do a little more digging, see if we can get get a hold of somebody, get some answers, but I'm not optimistic that there's a, a logical explanation for this. So it might just have to be what it is. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just searched uh, Friday Night Lights, the Swede, why? <laughs> And there's uh, a few Reddit threads, so I just went to, like, all the Reddit results. And so the first one is, like, the Swede, the Swede. What time? What song is the Swede singing? What by Remo is about season two? And the next few are In Defense of Julie Taylor. <laughs> next one is Why is Julie so awful? Rant. Next one is Why does everybody hate Julie Taylor? Next one is Is Julie Taylor always this stupid? 
Next one is, why does everyone hate Julie? Next one is, am I supposed to hate Julie? <laughs> Next oh, one, wow. season two, Julie. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I think the, the lingering questions and stray observations portion of this episode just made me more upset and only raised more lingering questions. <laughs> yeah, we went backwards there. Yeah. So. All right. Well, until, yeah. We'll we'll keep you updated if we have any any developments, but yes, not looking <laughs> probably not. at this yeah. point. So, all right, I I mean I think that about wraps it up. Yes. Do you have any other any uh, other we'll have to, or whatever? Uh, yeah, episode rank or yeah, or rating. But no, I have no further okay questions. I mean, aside from the we've already yeah. <laughs> All right, so our rating for this this episode, a little torn on this. Uh, I I think partially because <laughs> I've been looking forward to watching this for a few weeks now, uh, and so it was just satisfying to sit down with a with an episode of Friday Night Lights again. Um, so I don't want to be biased by that. No, I think. I'm going to give this a six. It's not a great episode, but it's not a bad episode. Yeah. Um, it's still good. It's still completely watchable. Like, it's never bad, bad. Like, the murdering stuff is a bit much, but on the whole, like, it's forgivable because the rest of the episode is still pretty Friday Night Lights-esque. So I think a, yeah. a six is, is where I'm going to land. Yeah, I like that because I would normally put just your middle-of-the-road episode at a seven and dropping it down a point for the murder <laughs> in my mind makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, the murder stuff hasn't gotten like completely out of it. I mean, just the fact that it happened is enough, but it's it hasn't so, gotten like, so not what this show is, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, yeah, six, which I believe is definitely the lower end of. Yeah. Of it's gotta be either a tie. It's or a tie. The new thing for the lowest. Of, yeah. Lowest rating. So, Yep, that is a tie with episode 16, I believe. So, you know, even when it's bad, it's good. All right, well, we did it, man. We we, we persevered. We're there. We we got season two, episode one uh, on the books, in the can. Uh, thanks for sticking with me. I didn't know if you'd maybe recruit an Erickson brother or something to take my place. Um, I would have blamed you if you had, but uh, it's good to be back. You've uh, got uh, you've got all the leverage. You've got all the episodes, so we would have to true. jumped from episode like eleven to season two, episode <laughs> one. So it would have been a whole thing. So, yeah. That's true. My my hard drive is the key. I can hold this whole show. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, appreciate uh, all you guys who are listening with us. Uh, into a, into a new season. We we'll have plenty of t- plenty to talk about for sure. Whether the episodes are good, bad, or ugly, they'll they'll at least be worth discussing. So yes, yes. Um, well, yeah. Thanks for thanks for listening. We'll see you next week for season two, episode two. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.